Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. Scott Pianowski, and I'm joined by my good friend, uh, Frank Schwab. You know him, Yahoo NFL and host of the Yahoo Sportsbook Daily. And, you know, Frankie Roast Beef is a hell of an NFL handicap. We're going to try to get you some wins this week like we did last week. Before we dive into week three NFL, just a little pre-show business. Have you checked out Yahoo Fantasy Plus? Do you, do you like being a better fantasy player? Do you like saving time? Well, that's what Yahoo Fantasy Plus is going to do for you. You can get a free trial right now. All sorts of research tools and, and data available to you that's going to help you. You're going to make better decisions. You're going to save time. It's going to make you a better fantasy player. It's helped me for fantasy baseball. It will help you for fantasy football. Check out yahoofantasyfootball.com slash plus and, and see what's going on there and get your free trial today. All of our lines on today's podcast come from our friends at BetMGM, and they've got some great offers. If you're a new user, you can create a BetMGM account. Place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. If your bet loses, you get that bet amount back up to $1,000 added back to your account in free wagers. Must be 21 plus in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, uh, Wyoming only, testing my knowledge of two-letter state abbreviations. And of course, terms do apply. Go to betmgm.com slash yahoo to get started and use the promo code Yahoo when making that first deposit. Okay, Frank, so underdogs once again ruling the world. They're 21-11-1 based on the math I've seen with, with maybe one or two games closing line going different. Unders are 17-15 and 15 so far. So underdogs and unders. I don't know if that's going to mean anything going into week three, but it's always interesting to say that. Well, I'll just say hello and give you a chance to actually talk, and then we'll uh, discuss some NFL games. Yeah, and another thing I saw, too, is the home field advantage is just gone. I mean, home teams are 16 and 16 straight up. I think they're 13 and 19 against the spread, and home favorites are like 5 and 13 right now. It, it's just, I mean, if if you're still giving the general three points for home field, you're doing it wrong. I, we've just seen the erosion of it, and I, there are probably a million reasons why, but I, I think that that's something we really have to take seriously. And, hey, man, I'm just excited. Last week was great. I, I'm starting to feel like this is going to be my most profitable hour of the week because last week, you know, I mean, we talked these things through. I was on the Chiefs last week until you talked me into the Ravens. Ravens, obviously, cash went straight up. I appreciate that. And that's what we do here. You know, we come in. This is kind of our first look at it, right? We're just starting to talk about it. I haven't really locked in many picks, but we talk it through. Maybe I'll get on a side I wasn't on before. It's, hey, let, let's win some bets this week. 
Yeah, I know it was a good week for you in the pool that you run that has, I don't know, 40 or 50 players. You you were 11 and 5 last week against the spread. So you were the top dog. In that pool, I had a winning record. I think I was 9 and 7, but hey, I, w- I would go 9 and 7 the rest of my life if I could. Every single week. Yeah, three <laughs> of the five darts were winners. And and hey, it's been a good fantasy year. I, I know nobody cares about our fantasy team, but we're running a, a 14 team uh, team together and we're in first place with a high point total despite yeah. a couple of major injuries. So, with no running backs as well. We are we are the epitome of zero running back. We really might not have any on the roster by the end of right. the Right. We're talking about one of those running backs when we <laughs> when we get to him. Uh who I'm really excited about. Uh, it's it's a guy in Dallas who mm. doesn't have the big contract. So there's my tease on that. Okay. You came here for picks, you came here for spreads. Let's get you going. We're going to start with the three island games and you know Frank the island games have been really great I thought through two weeks. They're going to get a test on Thursday because I don't know if Carolina at Houston is going to be one of the games of the year. The Panthers, the upstart 2-0 Panthers with that nice young defense, are spotting 7.5 on Thursday night football. The total is just 44. Davis Mills is going to be the Houston quarterback indefinitely. Tyrod Taylor was placed on IR today. What's your early lean on the Thursday game? Yeah, I got lucky with this, I'll be honest. I I took the look-ahead line. I took... uh, I took Carolina minus three and a half because wow. I just my my thought process was that I thought Houston was going to get killed in Cleveland and the line was going to go beyond four. Well, you know, it went up because Tyron Taylor gets hurt. So you know, wrong process, right result, I guess. But we're here to talk about seven and a half because that's what it is. And I'd still take Carolina. This is a team, Scott, you, you try to figure out the first few weeks, like what's real? What's a trend I can follow? What's a team I can jump on board with? I'm on board with this Carolina team. I really am. I, this is look. I don't. I don't like the Texans that much, although they've competed really hard. But with Davis Mills, they're going to really struggle. This pick is more about Carolina, though. I think that that defense has really impressed me. They fly around. They get after the quarterback. I, they just completely shut down the Saints. Now we don't know what the Saints are necessarily, but I think the Saints. You know, they have a great offensive head coach, and and they had six first downs. This Carolina defense, I think, is legit. Their skill position talent's incredible. All that needed to happen was Sam Darnold to play decent, and he's played decent. I, I've been a huge Darnold detractor, but maybe the Jets are just that toxic, right? So everything lines up for me for Carolina being one of your surprise teams this year. And I, I really, I don't love laying more than a touchdown against a, a home, you know, a home dog at a primetime game, but everything points to that. I think you're going to have a tough time finding any betters for Texans this week. Yeah, my, my lean is certainly Carolina, too, for the things that you outlined. I don't like laying this many points on the road, but like you, I was looking last week. Uh, I, I wish I had taken advantage of the look-ahead line, but my thought was, I think Carolina is going to be a hot team after they upset New Orleans. And then not only did they upset New Orleans, yeah. they dominated that game for three hours. As you said, But they had that draft where they entirely devoted it to defense. They've made some good acquisition. This, this All of a sudden, this is a defense I can see as a top 10, maybe a top five defense. We Absolutely. like the offensive. Skill I mean, fantasy wise, Scott, fantasy wise, I was picking them up as a streamer because of their first three week schedule. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they might be more than a streamer. This might be a legit defense, right? Yeah, in one league, I picked them up a week ahead of time. And, and by the way, that's you want to be a good fantasy player, you get to be a week ahead on things. You want to get. I, I picked up the Carolina defense for free last week. Now this week, they will command fab money because people see the great Houston matchup. Now, obviously, Houston looks worse because their quarterback has changed. And if you, if the spread throws you off, hey, seven and a half prime teaser opportunity here yes. you take it down six points you avoid the seven avoid the four avoid the three uh, i think that's going to be a popular play as well so right now i'll lean towards the panthers more points than i want to give but it, it's just hard to expect davis mills to do anything miraculous in his first start a more appetizing game on sunday night 
Green Bay, fresh off their get-back win over the Lions to get Detroit at the right time, playing the 49ers, who are certainly one of the Super Bowl favorites, I would think, right now, although they didn't really impress that much at Philly. Niners are spotting three and a half in this game. Over-under is 48 and a half. I think just because it's a hook, I, I know you talked about three points not being the standard home field advantage anymore, and I'm curious what you'd calibrate that as, but I don't think these teams are that different in ability. I'm willing to give the Packers a pass for week one. There's no way that's who the Green Bay Packers are. They're, they're not a team that just got absolutely demolished for th- for three hours. And the 49ers are good, but you know, I don't know who their offensive skill people are. I don't know that they're playing the quarterback they really want to play. I, I thought for segments of that game at Philadelphia, they looked very unimpressive. So I could only take the points in this game. What say you? It's interesting. Eh? You might talk, This might be another one you talked me into because right now I'm leaning 49ers because – Look, we've seen the Green Bay Packers play for eight quarters, and six of them have been bad. I mean, do, do, does just their rally in the second half change my mind about who they are? Maybe. We have to go back and say, well, okay, you know, the, there's a track record here. They've been NFC Championship game two years in a row, and they probably didn't just forget how to play. This is probably going to be a good team, but I'm not convinced everything's fixed just because they kind of ran away from the Lions. I think there's a real problem here on defense. Their defense has not been impressive. Not a very good pass rush. When Zadarius Smith is not on the field, they, they just don't have a guy who can beat a tackle one-on-one and get to the quarterback. So I worry about that. There's a, the one concern I do have, and I think everybody should have it, is what does the 49ers running back situation look like? Everybody's hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if there's look, I covered Mike Shanahan for a long time. I watched my, Kyle Shanahan for a long time. If there's a family that could take a guy off the street and plug him in and have a 100-yard game, it's the Shanahans. I mean, so I, I'm not... I'm not going crazy over it, but it's something to keep in mind when we're we're looking at this game. I just don't know that they can get to Jimmy. I, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo has time, he could do some things. I, Kittle hasn't even really been involved. Ayuk really hasn't been involved. I don't know what's going on there. I think that San Francisco is a really, really good team. You're, you might be right. We're, we're a tick over three, so it, it's harder for me to take the 49ers. But right now I'm leaning them because I just I'm not convinced this Packers team has figured everything out. And just to, to piggyback back to something we talked about earlier, what do you think if three if three isn't a standard home field advantage? Do you think it's two? Do you think it's one and a half? What what do you make it right now in, in general? Uh, probably one and a half. Okay. I, I think that anything you can't go to full three anymore, even unless there's special spots. The Raiders at home on Monday night, to, you know, first crowd in Las Vegas. Okay, you could give them a couple extra points there, but I mean, in, unless you know Seattle, even I don't know. The Tennessee just went in there, won in overtime. That that. It, it, that might not be the home field advantage it was for many years. Superdome, we haven't even seen that this year. So probably about a point and a half. And I, I don't even know if that's right. I think it, we just kind of have to get, a, I mean, for so many years, we're just, we're accustomed to, oh, okay, the home team, we're going to lean that way. And it's just not that way anymore. Yeah, I'm going to miss that. I mean, the straight three was just, it's just been something I was born with. It's like, it's like what pie. Yeah. 3.14 and you know, over and over. <laughs> it's like telling me, no, no, actually pie is like five now, you know, it's not three, yeah, it's right, not 3.14. Right. I, I don't really know how to, how to handle that, but I think you're right. And, and you know, with, with crowds, a lot of these crowds are more corporate and not as, and, and the fans maybe don't have as much impact on the games and the, the travel is better. You know, last week, I, one of the reasons I like the Steelers is I thought, okay, early body clock game for the Raiders. Well, maybe you know, these guys aren't going traveling by covered wagon. You know, we know more about yeah. sleep. We know no, more about nutrition. Maybe things like that, like the early body clock game is a dead thing too. I, I, do you have a thought on that? Because I, I'm wondering if I'm applying that. I didn't apply it in the 49ers case because they didn't travel back west. They stayed east the right. whole time, which I think is very smart. I think more teams should do that. 
But in the case of like the Raiders last week, do you think it was just a, a folly to fall into that idea? Okay, they're going to be a 10 a.m. body clock. That's a bad thing. No, I, I mean, it was at least part of my processing too. I like the Raiders, but it was like an early game and they've always struggled there. I mean, Denver was the same way. I mean, they're playing a basically a triple-A team right now that's coached by Urban Meyer. So maybe that isn't a great example. But yeah, maybe the, the, the early morning body clock thing is is dwindling too. I mean, this is, and this is not just like, Oh yeah, last year COVID staff threw everything off. In 2019, we saw home field advantage was really nothing anymore. And I thought, okay, well maybe that was a one year fluke. We throw 2020 out because it was weird. 2021 crowds will be back. They'll be more excited than ever. But it just hasn't come to pass. Not yet, anyway. It's only a two week sample, so you gotta give that caveat to it. Juicy one on Monday night. NFC East rivals going at it. The Eagles traveled to Dallas. Dallas is a four point favorite right now on Bet MGM, and the total is 51 and a half. I'm still trying to get a handle on if Jalen Hurts is good or not. He hasn't turned the ball over yet, but I mean, he didn't generate much offense in that game against San Francisco. And and I know this ties into that fantasy team I mentioned. We are Tony Pollard guys. And right now, I think Dallas's best running back is Tony Pollard. Now, the guy who they're paying $90 or whatever it is is Ezekiel Elliott. It's not like they're going to put him out by the curb. But I'm curious if that's going to be a 60-40, a 65-35, if Tony Pollard's going to have standalone value. Because, again, we're going to sprinkle in some fantasy goodness as we give you our picks. So just give me give me a sense of how you feel about Hurts, how you feel about that Dallas backfield, and which way are you leaning on this game? Yeah, the, the Dallas backfield is near and dear to my heart because I became a Zeke truther in draft time. And I, I got him in a few leagues, and now I'm really regretting it because you can see Pollard looks better. Look, I mean, I test whatever. Well, in this case, you know, whenever I look up at the screen, I know who's running the ball without even seeing the number. I, it, there's just more juice with Tony Pollard right now, and I think that matters. And I think that that this will be a – I don't know 50-50 because, like you said, money does talk in the NFL, but 60-40 sounds pretty reasonable. And if if you drafted Zeke like I did in the first round, you're not happy with a 60% running back. But I, I think that that's where we're heading. I think they got two guys they can trust. I, I like Hurts in general. I think he's he's not consistent yet. That's the one thing he needs to – to get, you know, put on his resume. It's not easy for a young NFL quarterback to have consistency, but he can play really lights out. Didn't week one, did last year against Arizona, which was kind of an eye-opening game to me. His good is really, really good. It's not like this guy can't play. It's just week to week against the tougher opponents. And this Dallas defense is not tough. I I don't like this Dallas defense, especially without DeMarcus Lawrence. Hats off to Micah Parsons for moving to defensive end. It looked like he played there for 10 years. He looked incredible. But... I still think this Dallas defense is lacking a little bit, especially in the secondary. I, I'm on Philly here. I really do like getting the points. I think there's a close game. I think the Phillies going to be a good team. We we lose track of this because they lost last week, but the defense played really well. It was really a struggle for the 49ers, who just had put up 41 points. It was really a struggle for the 49ers to, to move the ball most of the game. I mean, 17-11, they didn't really light up the scoreboard at all. They really had trouble getting anything going. I give credit to the Eagles' defense there. They played really well week one, too. I guess the Eagles' defense is pretty good. And all these Cowboys' injuries didn't just go away because they beat the Chargers. DeMarcus Lawrence is still out. Lyle Collins is still out. Michael Gallup's still out. I, I think they're a little shorthanded. And I like, hey, I mean, if if you're just telling me to pick one or the other, I'd, I'd, I'd straight up probably pick the Cowboys. But you give me four points, I think it's going to be a close game, and I'll take the four. Yeah, I'm certainly going to pick the Eagles in my pools and whatnot, and they could be one of my darts. We talked about home field advantage being marginalized, you know, just becoming less and less of a factor. And I always feel like that's especially true in division games because the opponents go to that venue every year. 
and they yeah. know what hotel they stay in and they, they know what the backdrop looks like. They know what they're getting into. There's no newness to the experience. And I think what, what happens is that they're not intimidated. The Eagles are not going to be intimidated going to Jerry World. They've been there before. They know what, what they're getting into. And, and plus, we know how the Cowboy fans are. If, if, if they fall behind, Eagles fans are like this too. They fall behind 3 nothing in the first quarter. The crowd <laughs> may turn on them. So I think the <laughs> Eagles are plus the points is, is a good way to go. And I'll even tempted to explore that on the money line. Let's look at some of the premier games, some of the, the best stuff on the Sunday slate. And then we'll, we'll go lightning round with some of the other games. Buccaneers, Rams, man. This, I, I'm, I'll Ooh. be really disappointed if this isn't one of the best games of the year. Tam- Tampa Bay, Brady's got the nine touchdown passes. He's got that MVP uh, gleam in his eye. I didn't see MVP odds over at BetMGM, but when we have them in subsequent weeks, I know we'll talk about that. I, I'm going to look to get in on some of that Brady stuff, even if I've kind of missed the great window. Matthew Stafford, 15.4 yards per completion. That leads the NFL. Him and Cooper Cup are you know, they're yeah. peanut butter and jelly right now. They're completing each other's sentences. The over-under in this game is 54. The Rams are spotting a point at home. I, I think either one of these teams could be – they have to think that they could be Super Bowl teams. The Buccaneers brought everybody back after winning the whole thing. The Rams have pushed all their chips in. They don't have a great setup long-term. They're trying to win right now. So I, I, I'm i thrilled as a fan. I don't know if this is a great game to bet because I really don't know what the right side is, but I, I can't wait to watch this game. Absolutely. And, and talking about the bet MGM odds, Kyler's your favorite right now, but Tom is right behind him at plus 700. We might have to talk after this because we might have to put our heads together and get a, get some money down on that because, yeah, Tom, it looks like the, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers said, you know what? It would be really cool. Let's set the single season touchdown record. Let's just do it. Every time they get close to throwing, I mean, it, it almost seems like there is a concerted effort. Let's get Brady 50. And I, I just said this on another show. If Tom Brady throws 50 touchdowns at age 44, when through the first 101 seasons of NFL football, 44-year-old quarterbacks had 14 touchdowns combined. If Brady gets 50, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here. It's the greatest American sports story ever, I think. I mean, really, like, it's mind-blowing. Like, you know, you try to compare it to, like, Jack Nicholas or, or Phil Mickelson. We talk, I talked about this with Charles Robinson on Sunday. Well, you know, okay, those guys won, but it's one good weekend. It's golf. You're not – linebackers aren't blitzing you. So I, what Brady's doing is just – just unbelievable. I'm kind of with you on uh, betting this game where, I don't know, maybe this is something I bet live because right now as I sit here, I, it, it's one of those games I can make a different argument every five minutes and, and talk myself into it. I I kind of like the Rams. I think they're playing really well. Home field advantage does matter a little bit. I, I've said it doesn't matter at all, but it does matter a little bit, I guess. And if we look at the Buccaneers, we you know they're 2-0 and and that's great. But we could also look at it as they needed a last second field goal at home to beat the Cowboys. They were only trailer. They were only leading by three against the Falcons in, in the fourth quarter in week two. Yeah, they pulled away. They did a two and zero grade. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. Just trying to get any angle on this game. the The beauty of it is you don't got to bet every game. If you're in a pick and pool like we are, where you got to pick every game, that's different. But this is a game that, yeah, for being one of the games of the year, and I think it will be. I agree with you there. I don't really have an angle here. I don't have a lean because I, I just haven't. I could make, you know, both of these teams are great and it's it's going to be a coin flip. I think. Yeah, he come down to whoever gets the ball last or who scores last. And, and I'm a little disappointed, as it sounds like you are. Tampa defense has not played better the, the first two weeks of the season. Yeah. Back to the They're Brady. really thin a corner. They're really thin a cornerback. And we have to watch the injury report this week there. Back to, to Brady and the MVP. I, I agree that, look, they're throwing every time they get close. Remember last year, you just got the sense the Packers were gunning for that MVP for Rodgers, and, and they, yeah. they wanted to pad the stats, and he had a couple of games where he just... You know, and sometimes, too, 
MVPs, it's like it's like a presidential race or a Heisman race where there's a narrative to it and there's a cadence to it. You know, what if Brady had a four or five touchdown game against the Rams with the whole nation watching? You know, and, and then next week he plays at New England, which is going to be one of the games of the year too. I, we've all been looking forward to that, but I could see them playing towards trying to get Brady a you know a stat record or an MVP or something like that. And what's really crazy, I mean, th- this guy's been in the league, you know, such a long time. He's, he's in his mid-40s. He's never had a supporting cast like this. Even the Gronkowski, Randy Moss teams right. weren't, they didn't have the depth of, of this. Where who, Who's the third receiver? Antonio Brown, who, who still looks like 90% of <laughs> Antonio Brown. That's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, yeah. Gr- Gronk, you know, Gronk's five, what, five months older than Travis Kelsey? You, you know, I mean, why can't Gronk be a Pro Bowl player again? He looks fantastic. They have, you know, good running backs, maybe not great running backs, but Tom Brady loves to throw to the receiver with a good matchup. How are you going to cover all these guys? I don't think anybody yeah. in the league is equipped to do that. I mean, Jalen Ramsey's fantastic. He can't cover everybody. Yeah, and it's one of those things where that offense is so good that it almost seems like during the week, Tom is like, yeah, you know what? Mike Evans didn't get a lot last week. Mike, I'll get you a couple. Right. And they did. They could do it. Like one of my buddies, who, you know, a good friend who I also co-own fantasy teams with, he was high on Mike Evans and DFS for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. He said Mike Evans didn't do anything last week. Brady's gonna get him in the end zone a couple times. And lo and behold, it happens. That just seems like the the level of offense you're playing, where it's like, who okay, who wants to score this week? We're, we're giving out touchdowns. Who wants one? And that they was, could just do it. Because that was my first good. DFS call last week. Is I'm playing Brady and Mike Evans, and then I'll build the rest yeah. of my roster around that. Well. Uh, you want to talk DFS, you want to talk fantasy points, you're going to get them in the Chargers at Chiefs, at least the way the game looks on paper. The Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. The total is 55 and a half. I forget if the Chiefs are two and 11 or two and 12 in their last 14 games. They become a really public yeah. team. There's a tax when you, when you bet the Chiefs. And um, I, I, I don't know if, if this line maybe can't, I didn't see what the look ahead line was. I mean, the Chiefs played fine at Baltimore. It, you always get the sense like, they're just toying with opponents. They can score whenever they want to. The defense, they just want the defense to make a couple of stops. Mahomes will win the game. I think they're going to regret not having a better running back. I think they're really going to regret who they could have taken instead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I, I don't want to pile on because he fumbled. It's the first fumble of his career. But he looks like just an, an okay player. He does not look Very like a first-round pick at all. And as great as Hill is, I know he didn't do much in week two, as great as Kelsey is, I'd like to see a third piece of this offense. Hardman's been very inconsistent. Eventually, you know, Once in a while, Pringle makes a play, Robinson makes a play. Imagine if they had drafted DK Metcalf instead of Hardman. I, I don't know. Mahomes is is a great way. He's a great deodorant, right? You can have so many things go wrong, and he can just fix it because he's the best player in the league. I, I don't think anybody's even really close to him. If they redrafted, he would go first in about three seconds. But... It's a lot of points the Chiefs haven't been covering. I got I got to lean Chargers here. Same here. I mean, we're we're both kind of Charger stands, aren't we? Like, I mean, it's it's one of those things where you see six and a half, and it's easy. Like, I, yeah, I'm going to be on the Chargers. I they might break my heart like they did last week, but I'll be on them. And I think that you know when you when you talk about the Chiefs, I think the the number is one eleven and one since last November first against the spread. They just don't cover spreads anymore, and it just does seem to be like one of those teams like the. You know, the the Shaq Lakers where it's like, you know what, we'll do enough to win and we'll turn it on when we have to. And not many teams can do that. That's a fallacy for many teams. But the Chiefs kind of can. I, they're, they're that good. But it just it, it just doesn't seem like they're they're on full throttle all the time. You, you didn't even see it last week when, you know, they lose to the Ravens when they should. If there's a game you should show up for. It's the Ravens, right? Like, there's a big game, especially in the AFC playoff picture. And I just wonder, maybe we've overrated the Chiefs a little bit. Not a ton. I don't think they're bad by any means. They're not, they're not going to be some nine and eight team or something. But 
as far as just thinking this is one of the great teams, uh, you know, and they're just unbeatable. Nobody could beat them in the AFC West. And every, I wrote about in power rankings this week saying, maybe this is the year that the AFC West is going to compete with the Chiefs. There, there's three candidates now. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs just, they don't pull away from anybody. They don't beat anybody by 14 points. They don't beat anybody by 17 points. It's always six points, three points, four points. Uh, the rare, rare loss straight up. Uh, they're good. I don't know that I can lay six and a half with them though anymore until until we see some kind of breakthrough of okay, the Chiefs are back. They've 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 really wanted to step on somebody's throat. They haven't been that team in a while. And yeah, it, the Chief, the Chargers is actually a very easy pick for me this week. Yeah, I need to, I need to see that woodshed game before I am comfortable laying big numbers with Kansas City. Interesting that Justin Herbert right now is fourth in the NFL in passing yards, but he's only the QB twenty one in fantasy. The Chargers have had trouble. Wow. Finishing off drives and Herbert's had some interception issues. I still, man, I mean, what a what an asset he is to have him on a rookie contract. I don't know that they fixed their offensive line maybe as much as they hoped they had, but the offensive lines take time to gel. I think that will eventually come around. Uh, Chiefs are certainly, I'm sorry, the Chargers certainly the pick for me, and I may even explore them on the money line. Okay, so the Saints traveled to New England, and who are the Saints? They they were unbelievable <laughs> right. in week one, terrible in week two. Uh, the Patriots have played, and I'm a Patriots fan, they've played two of the most boring games I've seen all year, a boring game with Miami, a very boring game that the Jets handed yeah. them pretty much from the opening gun. New England spotting three at BetMGM. The total is very low, 43 and a half. I wonder, I, you don't think a Belichick team would be looking ahead, but they know the Brady game is coming next week. Mm-hmm. I don't know who mm-hmm. the Saints are going to be. I think the Patriots are going to try to play their 1977 football that they've been doing. Mac Jones is fine, but they don't want him carrying the water here. So I don't think there's a lot of fantasy juice in this game, but it'll be an interesting game. Two of the best coaches in modern history are really of all time. Which way are you leaning on New Orleans, New England? Uh, Patriots. I, because, I mean, but who knows? Like you said, we can make a reasonable argument that the best team in week one was New Orleans Saints. We can make a reasonable argument the worst team in week two was New Orleans Saints. So what do you do? What, they had six first downs last week. Six. I mean, that's unbelievable for any offense, much less one with Sean Payton as its head coach. It was awful. Everything they did was awful. Jameis got jumpy. I thought he you know, he got hit a few times. He, he was not the calm and collected Jameis Winston. Let's remember, week one, everybody was going crazy about Jameis. Look, he, he did play well. He had five touchdowns, but he also had like 148 yards. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was just lighting it up here, 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 here. It was, you know, he he did what he had to do. He made the, the big plays when they counted, but it wasn't a great offensive performance. And I wonder how good this offense really is. I mean, no Michael Thomas. Marcus Callaway is not the guy we thought he was going to be in the preseason. Let me mm-hmm. I have a few fantasy teams that will attest to that. Who's their number one receiver right now? It's Alvin Kamara, but I mean, beside that, who who on that offense really scares you? Adam Troutman? I, I just there's nobody there. I don't think there's a lot of juice. Jameis is not gonna. He's not a you know a deodorant guy like Mahomes, like you stated. He he's not making everybody better. So I just wonder where the offense comes from. And if there's a, a defensive guy you don't want to go against when you don't have many offensive weapons, when you have a weakness, it, it's Bill Belichick. I I just I don't think the Saints team is going to score too much. And I don't think it's too much to ask for them to, to win by three or more. I mean, this is a, I, they're going to play, you know, you said the two most boring games. Well, they're going to play 17 boring games. Like this is not going to be a fun team by any means, but they're going to win a lot of games because they're really, really well coached. I think Mac is good enough. They do have some guys on offense who can make some plays, unlike the Saints. So again, this was another easy one for me. I was, I was a little bit surprised by the line. I can't lie. I was like, really, I, I, if it would have been a little higher, I might've paused, but no, if it's just three, I'm fine with the Patriots. I think they're just a, a better team than the New Orleans Saints right now. 
I think I'm going to have to lean New England and probably pull the trigger on them when it comes to making my picks official later in the week. I just worry that this offense is, has not been getting the commensurate amount of points that they should have got. They should have beaten Miami, and they had to settle for for too yep. many field goals. They they had a couple of fumbles. That Jets game, the Jets were trying to lose forty to three, and New England beat them. What was it, twenty six to three or whatever it was? I mean, New England yeah, had a ton right. of points on the board in that game too, and. At some point, once the game's well in hand, okay, fine. Just take your foot off the accelerator. The defense has it. Belichick has the personnel he wants on defense again. He didn't have it last year. It's, it's interesting that last year, the New England was down all the personnel because of COVID and everything. And this year, the Saints are playing without so many key guys, although it didn't seem to matter in week one. But, you know, Jameis Winston, he he ripped off his mask last week and he was Jameis Winston again. You know, it was like the end of yeah. a Scooby-Doo episode. and. I, Bill Belichick, we know how much he feasts on inexperienced quarterbacks. I got to figure he'll find a way to make Jameis Winston look bad. The one X factor is I wonder if this is a week where Taysom Hill plays a lot, where it's not just mm. a package, but maybe if Taysom Hill like gets a drive and it sparks the team, or maybe they're trailing at halftime and Peyton just says the hell with it. Uh, Taysom, you're starting second half. I, I would not oh, be surprised at all. I was shocked he didn't play last week. I, I, I kept looking up, and he came in for uh, you know, you know, one of the Wildcat plays or something. And I, I just was like, oh, this is the Taysom series. They got to try something because again, and then Jameis comes in and does nothing else. So I think that's a great point, and I think you might be right. We might see a, a big dose of Taysom in this game. So if you're in a fantasy league where it's super flex or where it, it's like a 14, 16, 18 teamer where every starter is valuable. Might be worth it just to stash Taysom Hill on your bench and, and see if maybe this is the week that they they shift. I, I just think that's that's in play. I want to throw that out there. So Kevin Clark of the Ringer, great NFL writer, he he once said that the Seahawks have never played a normal game, and that it just seems it's you know <laughs> it, it seems to be true. It was true last week against the Titans, and I think the Vikings are a team like that too. And Minnesota fans just feel tortured. They could easily be two and zero right now. They're sitting at zero and two, which which generally is is a death knell to your playoff chances. Now now there's more playoff teams. It's an extra week, so maybe you can come back from zero and two. But so we get two teams that play bizarro games. They're meeting up in Minnesota. Uh, the Seahawks are two point favorites. The total is very juicy, fifty five and a half. So there's a lot of fantasy goodness in this game. I guess because Minnesota is so desperate, and I, I don't think see I think Seattle is a good team, but a flawed team. I have to lean Vikings, but. Man, it's somebody said recently that Kirk Cousins is a guy you never feel confident on him or against him. And I think that's a good description of Cousins. My lean is Vikings, but I, I'm open minded to you talking me out of it. No, because that's my lean, too. I, I think that, you know, last week w- when we were doing this exercise and when I finally put in my picks, it was I, what team is, is the zigzag team? What team are we just saying? you know what, I'm just throwing out what I saw from the Arizona Cardinals. I, I was on Minnesota. I was on Minnesota's money line, unfortunately. They needed oh, to get that field terrible. goal at the end. Yeah. I, you know, I was on Tennessee. I was. I, I took all the ugly teams in week two. And I think Minnesota's a bit of an ugly team this week because you see the record. They're 0-2. They're Minnesota. They weren't good last year. But you look at the games. Like, let's, let's get this context. Week one, they were going, you know, I mean, Dalvin Cook fumbles. They have the Bengals fourth and inches in overtime. Burrow makes a great play. They, they win the game late in overtime. Week two, a 37-yard field goal, which I, I thought Zimmer screwed up. Just keep going. You have 40 seconds in a timeout. Keep getting it close. Don't think anything's in the bag. Don't just say, ah, oh, 37-yard field goal. We got this. No, no, keep going. Get, try to get closer. He didn't. He was really too conservative at that point. They missed the field goal. So you look, they could easily be at least 1-0-1. And, and, and we'd be t- speaking completely differently about Minnesota. I think that their offense actually has looked pretty good. Like they, they you know, Dalvin was great last week. And then now they have a, a K.J. Osborne added to the mix. They have three pretty dangerous receivers for Kirk. 
I think this offense is good enough. I, I hate going against Seattle because every time I think I got Seattle figured out, they you know they go on a three four game winning streak. So it's not something I feel confident in. But I'm going to go with Minnesota just because almost I, I feel like nobody in the world is going to be on Minnesota because they see zero and two and really haven't thought this through. On you know maybe this team has been a little unlucky to get to zero and two. A transition to more of a speed round for the second half of the slate. Some of the other games that maybe don't have quite as much juice, but of course, you know, they can have as much juice as you want, but head over to BetMGM if you see a lean that you <laughs> like. So the WFT at Buffalo, these are two teams that I'm disappointed by. I thought the football team was going to have this ferocious defense and they couldn't turn over. Daniel Jones are very lucky to beat the Giants last week. And I think this Buffalo 35 nothing game was very misleading. They were actually below average in yards per play. Allen didn't have a great game. He had a couple of nice highlights, but I, I, I don't think that score really... I think it illustrates that Miami had everything go wrong and didn't play well, but I don't think Buffalo played that great. So I'm surprised the Bills are nine-point favorites right now. I bet MGM the total is 45-and-a-half. I'm going to be on WFT. What say you? Uh, you know, it's funny when you were – I almost interjected when we were talking about teasing the Texans before. When You know, when you tease somebody, you got to tease them with somebody. Sure. Well, it's Washington for me. You get them up to 16. I think you'd get uh, – where uh, you know, where, the spread's nine, you said. So you get them up yep. to 15. You get them past 10 and 14. Key numbers. I mean, I don't think this team is going to lose by two touchdowns, in, in part because of what you talked about. I don't think the Bills have looked great. And I know that sounds crazy when they're coming off a 35-zip win, but you came away from that game feeling really lukewarm. It's like, okay – I'm waiting for, you know, 2020 Josh Allen still. He's not here. We're going to see him. And Miami's got a good defense. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, you put up 35 points. I'm not – we can't be too critical of them. But it wasn't a game where they broke out. You you would normally see 35 zip and say, yeah, okay, the Bills are back. But I'm not sure. I do like the Bills' defense, actually. If we look, you know, if they end up beating Pittsburgh in week one, we're having a pretty different conversation about the Bills. We're saying, hey – this defense that was really good in 2018, 2019, took a step back in 2020. Well, that defense is back. They they might be a top 10 defense. They looked really good in two weeks. Uh, yeah, it was against Jacoby Brissett last week, but that's still an NFL team and they shut them out. And I, I've been very impressed with the Bills' defense more than their offense. Washington, you know, I, like you said, they're, they're another team. You know, that the side of the ball I really trusted, especially against the Giants last week, was Washington's defense. I got the win, and we all saw how they got the win. It was It was pretty lucky. They didn't pressure Daniel Jones. They didn't make any big plays. But I still, I'm holding out hope that they could play at least well enough to keep this within two touchdowns. So they're going to be my tease team with, with Houston. I'll have some of that. I'll have some probably Washington just plus nine. I don't know that they can go in and win necessarily, but I trust this coaching staff and I trust this team to keep it close. And to make it clear, when you say tease with Houston, you mean you're going to tease the Carolina side of that, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I'm teasing against Houston, basically. Yeah, Carolina down, and then we'll go Washington up. So you have like, you know, you have this this card where you have Carolina minus one and a half, Washington plus 15. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about the chances of that one. Yeah, I like that too. Um, we'll see what happens to Taylor Heineke once teams have more film on him and more preparation time. But I don't think necessarily he has to be a downgrade to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is, I've always been kind of a, sympathizer to Fitzpatrick, but he's a guy who makes mistakes sometimes, throws some YOLO balls. I thought Heineke played really well against the Giants defense. That's okay. And for fantasy purposes, you know, you'd still push play on Gibson, Thomas, McLaurin. You know, McLaurin was targeted very liberally, which I thought was a good sign. I think the football team keeps it close and is a good play this week. Bears at Browns. Uh, Browns are spotting seven and a half at home. Total is 46 and a half. Uh, This is about who's not going to play. Jarvis Landry's on IR. We're not sure yet if Odell Beckham is ready for his seasonal debut. And it sounds like Andy Dalton's knee injury is going to keep him out. So we'll see the first Justin Fields start. 
Now, seven and a half, you know, the Browns are a solid team, but they don't blow teams out. They, they're going to run the ball a lot. You know, Mayfield, I think, is he's solid, but he, he's not spectacular. He's, he's kind of going phone book approach where you have nine or ten guys he's targeting. It's really hard to play any of their receivers. I know the Bears are a flawed team, and it's the first start for Fields, which you have to be tempered of those expectations. But right now, the Cleveland Browns are not a team. I'm comfortable spotting seven and a half. My lean is Chicago. Absolutely not. And, you know, I mean, you're looking at even like survivor pools, if you're in any of those. A lot of people, I think, are going to punch the Browns ticket. I wouldn't. I, I, I'm really interested to see what Justin Fields did. I went back and watched what he did. And he looked a beat late on everything. You want to see a young guy hit the back of his drop balls out. You know, I, but that's, he was like, hitting the back of his drop, and then waiting a second. And you can't do that in the NFL. I got something to work on with him with this week. And that, that kind of thing happens when you're a young guy who's not taking the starter reps in practice as your first real game action. I, I kind of gave him a pass. He didn't play great last week, but he made some throws where you're like, ooh, okay, that, that's pretty impressive. He can actually throw it downfield on like Andy right now. I think the Fields is going to have a good game. I think that he'll play pretty well. And I think Beckham will be back. I think last week was more of a, hey, we're going to beat the Texans anyway, Odell. Take mm-hmm. another week. And now he'll be back. But we don't know what we're getting out of him. And if Odell Beckham's not Odell Beckham, and we know Jarvis Landry's going to be out, like you said, he's on IR, who's their receivers? Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones going to really you know, carry the day? I think we're going to see a lot of plotting, a lot of tight ends getting involved, a lot of running. And that doesn't that's not really conducive to covering more than a touchdown. So I'm on the Bears. I don't love it. I think it might it might look a little stupid if you know that Browns defense really gets after fields and they're they're down 14 zip early. But I I I, I can't take the Browns. Let's put it that way. And I won't be picking them in my survivor polls. Totally agree. Uh, and the Browns are going to be one of those teams where it's going to be who who caught the touchdown pass? Yeah, who, who it's going it? to be. Okay. Yeah, look yeah, at it, nobody, kinda, nobody rostered him. In my by fans. the way, the it's ultimate moment that. for that might have been when Ricky Seals Jones caught that incredible play. Like he made a great play, and Taylor Heineke made that great throw. But I had this moment of like not just like who is that, and then this moment of oh my god, Ricky Seals Jones. I remember that guy. Like, he, I haven't heard that in three years. It was incredible. I I, I remember liking him like five years right. ago. I was not convinced he was still on an NFL roster. I, I, I believe in that 400-pick draft that I do. I don't I don't think he was drafted. And when we, oh, and we, fullbacks get drafted in that league. So <laughs> hats off to Ricky Seals Jones, still doing it. Again, he, he didn't turn into the fantasy star I expected, but it was a hell of a touchdown catch. So the Ravens, off their big win, over Kansas City, they finally slayed that dragon. Uh, is there any kind of a letdown when they travel to Detroit? As you'd expect, a big spread. The Ravens spotting nine. Over-under is 49. Man, I the way I cap is I take points. Yeah. And I, I my lean is Lions, but I, I'm going to hate it. I don't want to root for this team for three hours. And Lamar Jackson is terrifying to bet against. What say you? Absolutely. I, I mean, you might as well if if Brett could just copy and paste your words right there for me. Because that's all. That's exactly my – I want to take the points, but I – Know that I'm at some point Sunday going to be like, I, why did I, why did it, why am I in the Lions right now? But they have competed. Look, that this is not a Jacksonville Jaguar situation where you're just watching and like, that I, I hate being on this team. I don't want to ever be on this team again. The Lions have mm-hmm. competed at least, whether it be at the end of week one or first half last week. So I think there's some spark there. There's some life. And like you said, if there's a letdown spot, boy, this is it for the Ravens. I'm going to be terrified to be against Lamar, but yes, I, I, at least at pick em pools, I'll be on, I'll be on the lines and the points and probably have no action on it because I, I do not, I would not want to trust them in this game. But Hey, another thing needs to be said, Ravens defense has not shown up yet. And usually we can count on them, even though they got the win last week, 
I don't know that this Ravens defense is kind of one of those vintage Ravens defenses. That's a great point. And I like the point you made about the Lions. I think Campbell might have been the right guy to hire. I mean, Patricia lost the media in Detroit like the day he was hired. And I think he <laughs> lost the locker room like seven, seven days later. You know, it just he was seen as the wrong guy. And once once an organization and a, and a locker room has an excuse that, hey, the wrong guy's leading us, it just becomes easy to to justify things that shouldn't be justified. If, if nothing else, I think the Lions legitimately believe that they have the right guy in charge. I know Campbell's a new coach and, and we'll see. And the Lions famously, it's, it's been a death valley for coaches. You, you coach the Detroit Lions, you're never going to be a head coach again. That's basically the way historically it's worked out. But they didn't quit against the Niners. They played a good half of football against the Packers before, you know, the class wore out. So I guess I'm feeling a little bit better about my Lions pick, although I'm not going to, I'm going to put a penny on that game, yeah. but um, I think I have to take the spot there. The Colts is the last call for the Colts. They're 0-2. They traveled to Tennessee. Uh, this would have been probably a straight three before the season. All those look ahead lines. But now Tennessee off their win is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under is 48. Not sure yet what Carson Wentz's status is for this game. I, my first thought would be it's just too many points. But, man, the Colts are really scaring me. I know you were a Colts guy before the huge, season. Huge. How do you feel about them right now getting five-and-a-half? Well, not good. I'm already uh, – Gonna have to maybe start tearing up those futures tickets I got because they don't look good. I, I was riding that Colts bandwagon, but it's just not there for them. I mean, but you know, I guess if I'm gonna put a positive spin on this, they did cover the spread last week, which helped me out a little bit at least. So I'm not gonna lose a million dollars on the Colts this year, maybe just nine hundred thousand. And look, this was a game where, and by the way, okay, can, can I like just give me one moment to to vent here? Last sure. week, BetMGM. I'm picking, you know, who's going to score the first touchdown in the Colts game. And I'm like, ooh, Jonathan Taylor's plus 750. I'm going to punch that ticket. And I watched Jonathan Taylor get tackled at the one-yard line. Four straight plays, Scott, at the one-yard line. (laughs) I'm sitting there going out of my mind when he gets stopped the fourth time. I did not cash that ticket. Anyway, he gets stuffed there at the one-yard line. Later on, Carson Wentz throws that awful shovel pass that gets intercepted. And yet they led in the fourth quarter against a good Rams team. If if they can get any points out of those two possessions, they probably win that game. I, I don't know. I, I can't make every excuse in the world for the Colts. They still lost. They're still 0-2 with two home losses, which is bad. They need to win this. And look, I, I just gonna, I'm just I'm I'm just determined to lose a lot of money on the Colts this year. I'm on the Colts. I'll be I think this is the desperate team. The Titans can at least breathe a little bit now that they got that overtime win. I don't know about Carson Wentz's health status. I, it didn't sound really good from what the beat writers were talking about on Monday with him riding around on a scooter because he couldn't walk. And it's probably bad for a guy his health going into an NFL game. But I think as long as Wentz plays, I'll be on the Colts here. I'm not going to do it early because I want to make sure because I don't trust Ellinger. I don't trust Eason. If those guys start, you're going to get more than a touchdown for sure. So I'll wait. I'll see if Carson's playing. And I, I don't know if I could punch a ticket if he's not. But if he is, I'll have the Colts and just be ready to be let down again. Yeah, I think I will too. Just desperation and a coach I like in Frank Reich is is probably going to be enough for a lean, if, if not actually a ticket I punch. So the Falcons, who have looked very bad for two weeks, uh, travel to the Giants. The Giants are spotting three. The total is 48 and a half at BetMGM. What's happened to Daniel Jones? Who's this Daniel Jones? Okay, one turnover through two <laughs> yeah. games. I, ne- I need Daniel Jones to throw up all over himself against the WFT. Didn't happen. He's actually a top 10 fantasy quarterback in part because he's running. And now that the Giants are getting a healthier Barkley, eventually they're going to get I, – I mean, I thought Galdi was a fade before the season, but he's still a talented player. I like Sterling Shepard. 
I'm, I'm Giants here, man. I don't. There's nothing I like about the Falcons right now. And it, what, what is uh, Matt Ryan? Twenty eight and thirty seven since the MVP Super Bowl season. I think Arthur Smith is still kind of feeling his way through his first head coaching job. It's not that I love the Giants, but I could only take the Giants in this game. I, I punched this ticket early because I didn't want it to move off three. I, I looked at that line and I was. I, I, the question in my mind was, why on earth are the Falcons only? plus three here they should be about plus seven the way they played Mm -hmm. what has given anybody any confidence that the atlanta falcons can go and beat the new york giants who look the giants aren't great but i thought they played well last thursday i look they they made mistakes and that happens and they lost a really really close game but i thought daniel jones played well i thought you know they have the you know Sterling Shepard's having kind of a renaissance season. I do think Galladay's going to be better. I think Barkley's going to get better week after week after week. I just have no reason to think why on earth are the Falcons only getting three here? I, Giants all day for me, and I think this line almost has to go up. The Falcons have done nothing this year, and I think there's still this like because because Arthur Smith is very uh, you know quant friendly that you know he's got everybody uh, you know who likes. You know, kind of analytics on his side that we don't want to rip Arthur Smith for anything, but Arthur Smith's Falcons going back to the preseason have looked terrible, They're just terrible. There's nothing there. I don't like the talent on this team. I don't like the fact that they can't get Calvin Ridley involved. I don't like the fact that all of a sudden they're like, Cordero Patterson's our savior. Like, oh, okay, let, let me, I'll let you know how that turns out because it's just it, nothing is good about the Falcons right now. And I couldn't in any good conscience pick them plus three. I couldn't even pick them plus seven at this point. I just think they're a bad football team. I suspect if the Giants had won that game last week, it would have been like, hey, solid win for the Giants. Daniel Jones is playing pretty well. Yeah. And once they lost it in the strange way that they did, it became like they're a joke. OK, you know, the, like they lost 30 to nothing or something. Right. They lost because of a, of a tiny little infraction after a guy missed a field goal. No, granted, it was kind of an either or game. WFT could have won. Both teams moved the ball, whatever. But if the Giants had won that game, I feel like everything would be positive. It's like, okay, you know, Daniel Jones looked good. Daniel they Jones won. did look division good. Rival. I, I, we have to that. I, we agree on that. I, I bet you know, I've been, I haven't been very high on Daniel Jones, but I, I watched that game and I was like, you know what, kid played really good. He made some plays. Well, who ha- here's who hasn't looked good. Um, for some reason, I, I knew the Steelers kind of stole a game at Buffalo, but I talked myself into Vegas being emotionally shot after a Monday overtime game. The East Coast, West Coast, 10 a.m. game, which, which again, you know, maybe that's not that big of a deal anymore now that, you know, they don't have to travel by covered wagon. I thought the Steelers were really difficult to watch last week. They're mm-hmm. in a dangerous spot this week against the Bengals, divisional game. Steelers at home, four and a half point favorites at Bet MGM. It's a pretty low total at 44. Uh, ben Roethlisberger may have suffered a pectoral injury during the Vegas game. He's, he's on the injury report. Not sure what his prognosis is right now. The Bengals looked, I thought, good, not great in week one. Joe Burrow looked very bad last week. I don't think they fixed that offensive line yet. Bottom line, how many times have Mike Tomlin teams played down to their level of competition? I can't I can't in good faith spot even four and a half with the Steelers. I thought this line was going to be a little bit higher, and I'd definitely be on the Bengals. But even at four and a half, I got to the Steelers need to show me something. I, I thought the week one win was fluky. I thought they were outplayed for three hours last week. I'm on the Bengals. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably going to be on the other side, but with no conviction whatsoever, because this is a Steelers team. I want to fade more often than not, because I just think when they win, it's going to be by three, two, you know, I mean, I don't think this offense is really going to get going. Najee Harris hasn't done anything, maybe because he's behind a bad offensive line. Ben looks like he's still playing in slow motion. I, his final numbers look pretty good last week, but I, I I never saw anything in that game where I was like, okay, all right, the Steelers are really going here. I, I thought they looked pretty poor. 
I, I'm yeah, all about you know, but the Steelers defense against that offensive line really is the the matchup that makes me wonder. Like, I, can the Bengals block? And I, I think a big part of this game, and wh- whichever way I pick, I'm probably not gonna bet this game, but whichever way I pick it is probably going to be is TJ Watt playing. And we know he got he got hurt last week. That, that's a big. T- There's not many defensive players where I'd say that about, but TJ Watt's one of them. He is a guy on Wisconsin who can go out there and just dominate a game and the Bengals offensive line still is not fixed. So I wonder how they could block for Joe Burrow. I, I just, can't, I think I'm going to be on the Steelers as long as TJ Watt plays, but not feel great about it because I don't think that offense is very good. Your drinking game when we do this show is to see how many Wisconsin references. Uh, Jonathan Taylor <laughs> came up earlier. I, I'm sure at some point, Ron Dane and Chris yeah. Chambers will be mentioned. Altoon, maybe I'll uh, dig it way back at the, you know, how to go back machine. Russell Wilson, right? Hey, Russ. Great Wisconsin, great. Man, deserved better showing him than Heisman. He, he was so great that oh, year. So that, great. I mean, he, he was on campus for 15 minutes, and then he's starting quarterback. Okay, I said speed round. We got to go warp speed on these last three games. Gotcha. Okay, um, we're running out of time here. Cardinals at Jaguars. Last call on the Jags and Urban Meyer. They're fetching seven. Uh, over under is 52. Kyler Murray, you know, the MVP favorite right now. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 36% uncatchable rate. So he's feeling oh. his oats. Uh, man, I, I, I feel like. Seven points is a lot in the road, but the Jaguars are so lousy. I, I'm going to lean Jaguars. Uh, I won't bet a penny on this game. Uh, I, I said it last week. I'll say it this week. I think we just need the, to have a sound drop. It, it's the other team or nothing when they play the Jaguars. I will not bet the Jaguars at all this year. I, I, no, nope, just can't do it. It's just uh, even if you bet them and they somehow cover, it's not going to be an enjoyable afternoon for you. So the worst team in football right oh, now. Oh, easily, easily. And Urban Meyer might be. Yeah, there's – yeah. That, that, that's just a disaster. That team is all. I, I can't remember if we talked about this last week. When they asked Urban Meyer about the USC job, he denied interest, but he his body language yeah. was not at all convincing. I, I don't think – I think Urban Meyer's like, you know, I'm a college guy. I'm a retired guy. I'm a studio host. I'm a studio analyst, whatever it is. We need to check, so we Dolphins, need to check if, if there's future bets on USC's head coach because I'd punch an Urban Meyer ticket right now. Man, it would be a great job for him. I bet he'd be great there too. Um, Dolphins at Raiders, the Heidi game. Minus four for Vegas. Um, we don't know uh, to his status right now. He's day-to-day with a rib injury to 45.5 total. Wouldn't it be just like the Raiders that just when I say, hey, maybe I was wrong on Derek Carr, maybe I was wrong on John Gruden, that they do the Lucy, as I, as I make all these references that are outdating our audience, but you know they're just going to pull the ball away once I believe in Vegas. I, I got to figure if Miami's season is redeemable, and they looked horrible last week. I thought they looked bad week one, but if they have anything that can be redeemed, and I'm a, a Flores guy, I think he has them ready to play. I lean Miami. I guess I'm taking Vegas. I, I need to see with Tua. I, I, it's, it's hard to make a pick yeah. right now without seeing him. Jacoby Brissett, it's an easy Vegas pick. Tua, I don't know. I, I, you're right. The, the Raiders might pull the football away from us. But they've looked good. I mean, I, I've used this stat. I'm going to keep using it. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens are 2-0 and against the Chiefs and the Bills. And they're 0-2 against the Raiders. These are good right. quality wins the Raiders are getting. I don't think we could just dismiss them, but yet I'm a little uneasy to take them if two is healthy. Derek Carr's good. And maybe, you know, just because Henry Ruggs did nothing as a rookie doesn't mean he can't figure it out. He could be a Devontae Parker type, a Corey Davis type, where you just, you know, everybody has different development curves. I mean, he was drafted. I, I didn't think he was the right guy where he went, but th- he was certainly a first-round talent. You know, I mean, I, I, I liked what I've seen from him. Edwards has made some plays. Final game, Jets at Broncos. 
look, the Broncos have looked really solid. Yeah. But they're 10 and a half point favorites. The Jets defense isn't that bad. Maybe just Zach Wilson against Belichick was just a nightmare matchup. Now the Broncos still have a good defense. The total is 41 and a half, which is about as low as you get in the NFL. Yeah, I get to hold my nose and take the Jets. I, I'm going to feel crummy about it when the Broncos race out to like a 17 nothing lead. But I don't. I don't think the Jets are a dumpster fire. I think I don't think Wilson is like a, a lost pick. I think he just played horrible. He played mediocre against a good Carolina defense. He played really poor against a good Patriots defense. And maybe he'll do it again this week. But ten and a half with this Broncos team, I, I can't spot that many points. Yeah, it's hard. I'll probably end up on the Broncos here as a pick, but not yeah, not putting a penny on it because you know, 10 point favorites in the NFL is not going to make you much money. They can't block. They can't block for Zach Wilson. And that's going to be a real problem against this Broncos defense. They're going to get after him. I I saw some stat where Wilson's been pressured on 50% of his throws. That's unbelievable. I mean, you're worried. You start to get worried about David Carr syndrome with him. How much is he going to get hit this year? How much is he going to get into bad habits? Go back and look at his fourth interception last week. I mean, he's just fading back and off his back foot just airmails one that goes 10 yards over his receiver's head and McCourty picks it off. That's the kind of play you make when you're seeing ghosts, not to make a, the old joke, but he just, you know, I, I don't feel comfortable taking the Jets here because I think Zach Wilson's going to get hit a lot in this game. And we know their best lineman, Becton, is out indefinitely. So, I mean, to have your cornerstone left tackle not on the field is a big hit for Wilson as well. So, again, we thank our friends at BetMGM for giving us the numbers that we discussed today and uh, for more betting advice uh, across all sorts of sports. And, by the way, I want you to bet on the European team in the Ryder Cup if you're a golf better. Be sure to subscribe. I want you discussing the Ryder Cup, Frank, on Yahoo Sportsbook Daily. Um, Frank's a big part of that. Why don't you subscribe to that show on your podcast platform of choice, getting all sorts of great gambling intel, make you a better sports fan, and hopefully make you a couple of shekels as well. If you're social, if you're on Twitter, you're invited to follow us. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski. That's Yahoo Schwab over there. You can follow the Yahoo Fantasy crew over at Yahoo Fantasy. Uh, Matt and Dalton will be back tomorrow, Stat Nearer Thursday, talking analytics, talking new metrics, preview of the Panthers-Texans game, which I'm sure you guys are all excited about. Until then, for Frank, for producer Brett, keeping us on the air and sounding great, I am Scott Pianowski. Straight cash, homie. Let's cash some tickets. We are out.